Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So I have jumped on Spotify Green Room for a chat about who to root for in the Stanley Cup final. Be using this for Monday's podcast. So let me mention that uh, you can get more of the hockey news you need to fill in the gaps from the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast on the daily NHL Locked On podcast. So feel free to subscribe and listen. The biggest stories, game recaps. Um, Reminder to subscribe to Locked On Boston Bruins on whatever podcast app you use. Uh, Each new episode will be automatically added to your feed for you to download, listen, and enjoy. Uh, If you could also rate and review, that would be great. It's available here on Spotify, Odyssey, Apple, Pocket Cast is what I use. Um, Yeah, it would be great if you could subscribe. Never miss an episode. On uh, Twitter, you can find the podcast at LO Boston Bruins. On Instagram, we're Locked On Bruins. And uh, you can find me. My dad jokes, hockey tweets, at Ian C. McLaren. Now, before we get into rooting interests for the Stanley Cup final, I wanted to mention uh, the Bruins re-signing Trent Frederick to a two-year deal worth an average annual cap hit of one point zero five million dollars this was announced on friday and uh, frederick 23 years old appeared in 42 games with the bruins in 2020 2021 recording four goals and one assist for five points he is a six foot two 230 pound forward he made his nhl debut with the bruins on january 29th 2019 against the winnipeg jets He's appeared in 127 games for the Providence Bruins from 2017 to 2020. 27 goals, 38 assists for 65 points. <coughs> Excuse me. That came after two seasons at the University of Wisconsin, where he recorded 32 goals and 33 assists for 65 points. He's a St. Louis, Missouri native, and he was drafted by the Bruins in the first round of the 2016 NHL entry draft. That, of course, came a couple selections ahead of a couple players who have gone on to do um, better things, bigger things so far. Uh, Jordan Kairou of the Sarnia Sting. He went uh, 36th overall that year. He's got... 19 goals, 28 assists to his name. And then, of course, the big uh, mover and shaker. Well, a couple from that draft. First was Alex DeBrinket. He's got, um, let's see here, 119 goals, 110 assists for 229 points in 286 career games so far for the Chicago Blackhawks. And on defense, you have Sam Girard, who's got 17 goals, 99 assists for 116 points uh, on the Colorado Avalanche blue line so far. Debrinket ranks fourth in scoring, 
from that draft class behind Austin Matthews, Matthew Kachuk, and Patrick Laine. They were all top six picks. Uh, Jesper Bratt is up there as well. He's got 130 points in 231 games for the uh, New Jersey Devils. These are players who were picked last, or sorry, after Trent Frederick. You also have Adam Fox. He, he's a Norris Trophy finalist this year. He was picked in the third round, 66th overall. Uh, Philip Ronick, and also another great, uh, well, maybe not great so far, but a very, uh, you know, a guy who many are high on, another right-hand shot defenseman. A lot of good right-hand shot defensemen taken in that draft. Um, our boy Frederick, like I said, he's got five points well down the list of players selected that year and uh, pretty low for a guy who was taken in the first round. Uh, some guys who haven't made it yet, Riley Tuft from the Dallas Stars is one. Lucas Johansson taken directly ahead of Frederick. He has yet to make his NHL debut, uh, but otherwise... You know, Logan Stanley, Kiefer Bellows, those are guys who haven't put up a lot of points. Logan Brown, he is a guy I mentioned a couple weeks ago who could be uh, someone that the Bruins might look to target as a guy who hasn't really cracked the Senators lineup uh, in a potential move for, you know, Zach Sinition, if, if that's something that they think might work. Change of scenery for both guys. But the big question here is what, Trent Frederick's signing means for the expansion draft. That's something I talked about last week. And it's interesting because after the Bruins made this announcement, they put out a, uh, a timeline of Frederick's 2020-21 season. Uh, the 2020, sorry, the 23-year-old forward signed to a two-year deal on Friday, they wrote. Uh, he signed by the Bruins to a two-year deal worth uh, $2.1 million, $1.05 million per season. And they went through his season. Uh, injury to Craig Smith, January 14th, allowed Frederick to make his way into the opening night lineup, played 10 minutes, 44 seconds in a shootout win over uh, the Devils. Uh, he mixed it up with Devils defenseman P.K. Subban a couple of days later. Playing with Charlie Coyle and Craig Smith on Boston's third line, he picked up his first career point, uh, took on forward Tom Wilson on February 1st, dropped the gloves again against uh, Brendan Lemieux on the 12th, scored his first career goal in the Lake Tahoe game, uh, scored the eventual winner in a game against the Rangers on the 28th of February. He scored and fought. Wilson for the second time uh, in a game on March 5th. And then he scored the winning goal in a 2-1 win over the Penguins on March 16th. Those were kind of the highlights for Trent Frederick. Now, it's interesting that they're highlighting these things with the expansion draft coming up. Uh, We know that the Bruins have to protect Bergeron, Marchand, uh, Pasternak, and Charlie Coyle because they have no movement clauses and that leaves uh, players like Trent Frederick uh, players like Nick Ritchie Jake DeBrusque 
Andre Kasha, Curtis Lazar, as players that they need to either protect or uh, expose to the Seattle Kraken in the expansion draft. And the fact that they're kind of featuring Frederick leads me to believe that they might indeed uh, protect him and expose. I think it's pretty much guaranteed that they'll expose Kasha uh, with his concussion issues. Um, Corrali, Taylor Hall, David Krejci, they don't need to be protected because they're unrestricted free agents. And uh, they could expose Curtis Lazar. Um, My feeling is that they will, on top of those three guys, they will protect uh, Jake DeBrusque, they will protect Craig Smith, and they will protect uh, Trent Frederick. That would leave uh, Chris Wagner, uh, Lazar, uh, Richie, Frederick, uh, unprotected, among others. Now, I don't really know if it matters that much because chances are Seattle will take a guy from the um, defensive core for this team, a Clifton, uh, a Jeremy Lozon, or a Jacobs Borrell. Uh, we saw how um, Las Vegas, when they entered the NHL, they put a premium on selecting defensemen and were able to flip some of those guys for other, um, for other, you know, assets uh, as well. Uh, so perhaps Seattle will in turn kind of load up on those assets. Young guys like Lozon, Zboral, not even perhaps just to um, keep them, but to, to flip them. So all that to say, it looks as though Trent Frederick will be protected. The signing, uh, the feature on the website, the fact that he's a, uh, a first-round pick, uh, a fan favorite, uh, leads me to believe he will be with the team next season, especially with Corrali likely on the way out. Uh, and uh, the danger that Nick Ritchie could be selected if they do sign Taylor Hall. You know, there's a, a wealth of talent on the left side with Marchant, Hall, DeBrusque. Uh, Frederick can play the left side. Anton Bleed, they just resigned, can play the left side. Hall, I already mentioned him, perhaps. Ritchie. Um, so those are all guys who can play on the left side. And it also leads me to believe that we could very well see a Jake DeBrusque for uh, – help on defense trade at some point this season as well. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It comes in nine delicious flavors, plus the occasional limited time flavor. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their faves. If you don't know the flavors, you're missing out. There's coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. Something for everyone. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you will get two of each of the nine flavors to check out. They're not only great tasting, but they're also healthy. Uh, Most of the flavors have about 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs. Right now, you can go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Again, you can mix and match and get a mixed box of two of each of the nine flavors. You won't regret it. The other thing I wanted to talk about today was rooting interests in the Stanley Cup final. I put up a tweet over the weekend that uh, kind of blew up. 
um, and it was in relation to the Montreal Canadiens. Now, I know it's a bit of a contentious issue because the Bruins and Canadiens do have a long storied rivalry, and a lot of people aren't too willing to back the Habs in the Stanley Cup final against the Tampa Bay Lightning, which I completely understand. It's up to everybody. First of all, let's qualify this by saying you can root for whoever you want. It really doesn't matter to any of us on a personal level. It's just hockey. It's just a game. Um, But let's look at it kind of from a more recent angle. The Bruins were bumped from the playoffs in each of the last three seasons by both the Lightning and the Islanders. So that makes me very reluctant to um, root for them. Let's just say that. Obviously not in 2019 because the Bruins advanced all the way to the final. They were able to uh, avoid Tampa Bay that season. But prior to that, uh, the teams that had bounced them from the playoffs were the, um, not the Islanders, but last year. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Let me rephrase this. This season, the Islanders. Last season, the Lightning. Um Two seasons ago, Game 7, we know that, against the Blues. Before that, the Lightning. And then the Ottawa Senators in 2017, following two years of not making the playoffs. The Bruins and Canadians have not met in the playoffs since 2017. And the Canadians won that year in uh, seven games. I said on Twitter that the rivalry had kind of cooled in recent years. I mean... That's pretty relative, I guess. That rivalry will always be hot. But the fact that the Canadians didn't come out of the Atlantic, they came out of the North, and the fact that they haven't met in the playoffs for quite some time has taken a bit of the shine off of that rivalry for the time being. Like I mentioned, since those two years that they did not make the playoffs, uh, they've been more matched up against the Maple Leafs, which is a bit of a, you know, one-sided rivalry. And then the Lightning, which is a bit of a one-sided rivalry as well, as the Bruins haven't been able to get past them when they have met them in the playoffs. And then this season, of course, they lost to the Islanders. So all that to say, whoever was coming out of that series, I wasn't rooting for just because those feelings still remain from, you know, this season against the Islanders, the past few years against the Lightning, and so I wasn't rooting for them. I didn't really want Vegas to win either. You know, they're an expansion team. They haven't really paid their dues, uh, so to speak, and their Twitter account is very annoying, and, you know, I didn't really want to, uh, I don't know, I just don't have any, you know, any special feelings one way or the other towards Vegas. When it comes to Montreal, Uh, This is the tweet that blew up. I said, I'm as far from a Habs fan as one can be, but Montreal winning would objectively be a much better story than Tampa. Plus, they're just more likable. Sorry, these are the facts. Now, I say that because, A, you know, there's been the story about Tampa circumventing the cap or more accurately using the cap to their advantage by – uh, keeping Nikita Kucherov on LTIR all season, bringing him back for the playoffs. Right now, they think they're about 
18, 19 million dollars over the cap. They're the defending Stanley Cup champions. They've beaten Boston recently in the playoffs. I can't see how a Bruins fan would want to root for the Lightning to keep that going. For me, like I said, it helps that Montreal came out of the North. It helps that the rivalry has kind of been on ice for the past few seasons. Um, and I've mentioned many times before that I am a huge Nick Suzuki fan. He played for the Guelph Storm when they went to the OHL championship. In fact, won the OHL championship two years ago. He was the MVP. He had something like 42 points in 24 games. He's a very fun player to watch. Um, and uh, I will always root for players who came uh, through Guelph. They also have been she- – I can't remember how to say his name, Ben Shearot, who played uh, defense for the Storm as well. I'm also a big Cole Caulfield guy. They, I have always been a fan of the little guys. I'll always root for kind of those undersized guys. I mentioned to Brinkett earlier. I would have loved for him to be a Bruin. Uh, but those guys that are often overlooked on draft day, undervalued, but who always come up big. Yes, like uh, 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 Martin St. Louis, uh, Brian Gianta, who played with the Bruins a few years ago. Those kind of guys I always do root for. Uh, And Carey Price. I mean, he is one of the best goalies of our generation. By all accounts, uh, a decent human being uh, and makes it easy to root for him as well. A lot of the guys that you know, fueled the rivalry with the Bruins and Canadians in recent years are no longer there. And they just straight up have a, a, a likable team. I know you can quip about uh, Corey Perry. Um, you know, he hasn't really affected my life uh, directly. And uh, I don't care that much about Corey Perry. In fact, I worked with a guy when he was in junior hockey. Uh, I made a comment about how, um, you know, I didn't love love his style, love his game. Uh, and he told me some stories about his dad and his family, how great they are. Um, and that kind of changed my perception of him. And, and, you know, we don't really know these guys much off the ice. Um, so it's hard for me to like hate certain players really. Now I also say this after having worked five years as a full-time hockey writer uh, at the score that, tenure ended a few years ago but still uh, that was an experience where I came to appreciate players stories from around the NHL and if you look hard enough you can see likable things for everybody really so at the end of the day my um, decision to root for the Canadians is based on mostly Suzuki Caulfield I don't want the lightning to win so it's kind of the lesser of two evils and I should qualify it by saying, because there was a lot of Canadians fans who were following me on Twitter this weekend, that um, it's only going to last for a max seven more games. And once the Canadians are back in the um, back in the Atlantic Division, there will be no question about who I will root for. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The NBA and NHL finals are approaching. Baseball is in full swing, MMA, UFC going strong. Before the next event, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Speaking of sign up bonuses, 
You can sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using promo code LOCKEDON. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the games as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, to finish off, I can't talk about uh, the Canadians without mentioning general manager Mark Bergevin and the biggest story in hockey right now, which is the Chicago Blackhawks. And uh, the story does contain allegations of sexual assault. So um, if that's something that is, um, you know, something you don't want to talk about or listen to, I fully understand. Uh, and you can feel free to skip ahead or, uh, or move along. But uh, the story, which has been published in The Athletic, uh, Rick Westhead of TSN, I believe, was the first to come up with it. Um, he wrote on Saturday that a former Chicago Blackhawks associate coach has confirmed that a meeting took place during the 2010 NHL playoffs in which the team's management discussed the alleged sexual assault of two Blackhawks players. This coach is Don John Torchetti. He was an associate coach with the Blackhawks from 2007 to 2010. And he said that he remembers then Blackhawks skills coach, Paul Vincent, telling him about what the players had confided in him and what happened after Vincent brought those allegations to management. Torchetti said, I couldn't believe what I was hearing when Paul told me that the players had said to him. We talked about it. He said, with the players' permission, he had to go and take this to management to be dealt with. Torchetti said Vincent told him after that all the brass were in the meeting. That would include uh, General Manager Stan Bowman, Assistant General Manager Kevin Sheveldayoff, Director of Player Personnel Mark Bergevin as well, among other people. So last month, a former Blackhawks player who is not identified in court records filed a lawsuit against the team alleging that he and a teammate had been sexually assaulted by Bradley Aldrich, a former team video coach who is no longer with the organization. The player alleged that after he shared news of the assaults with a team sports psychologist, he was told the incident was his fault. A second lawsuit filed against the Blackhawks by a former high school hockey player in Michigan alleges that after learning of the allegations against Aldrich, the NHL team allowed him to remain on staff through the summer of 2010 and then gave him a positive job reference, which allowed him to coach with a high school team, a high school team in Houghton, Michigan, where Aldrich sexually assaulted a then 17-year-old player. Aldrich was sentenced to nine months in prison and probation for 60 months. And um, Vincent told TSN in an interview that the two Blackhawks players told him of their abuse on or about May 16th before game one of the Western Conference Finals in San Jose. Vincent said he asked team sports psychologist James Gary to follow up. A day later, he was called into a meeting at the team hotel in San Jose with team president John McDonough, general manager Stan Bowman, vice president of hockey operations Al McIsaac. And uh, Vincent said he asked the team executives to go to the 
the sex crimes unit of the Chicago Police Department, and they refused. The Blackhawks have not commented on that specific allegation and have asked the court to dismiss the lawsuits because they were not filed within the appropriate limitation period. Um, Torchetti said, after Paul Vincent came forward, uh, Vincent was a former police officer, I should add, uh, he told me that he felt so much better that this would be addressed, but then it wasn't. The guy on that Blackhawks team trusted him. The guys did. He was like a coach dad to them. Paul would be the one who told the other guys on the coaching staff what was going on with players and how we should approach them. I know this must have been very hard for him. An unnamed player on the um, Blackhawks team from that year said every guy on the team knew about it. This according to The Athletic. Every single guy on the team knew. Uh, even Dan Carcillo tweeted on Sunday that he heard whispers of it uh, as he was on the Flyers playing the Blackhawks in the final that year. Um, what other point did I want to make there? And then, yeah, Mark Bergevin on Sunday, he was asked by Katie Strang of The Athletic, and he said uh, he did or had no knowledge of the situation. Alan Walsh, player agent, we all know, he said the NHL must immediately commission an independent investigation of what occurred. There should be no other option. This is now the biggest story in all of professional sports. Every member of the sports media has an obligation to report on this. And again, the basic story is two players from the 2010 Stanley Cup champion Chicago Blackhawks came forward and said video coach sexually assaulted them. The Blackhawks organization refused to take the matter to uh, police. They then allowed him to stay with the organization through the summer. His name's on the Stanley Cup. And then they gave him a positive reference to move on and work for a high school team where he sexually assaulted a then 17-year-old. So not only did the Blackhawks fail to protect their own players, they allowed this guy to move on and work for a high school team. And um, he went on to repeat this criminal behavior, life-altering, life-destroying um, behavior there as well. Just horrific stuff. Uh, all credit to Rick Westhead of TSN, Katie Strang, Buck Lazarus, Scott Powers of The Athletic for their work. Uh, you can get all the information from them as well. Uh, here on Monday, Gary Bettman will have a press conference to kick off the Stanley Cup final. Rick Westhead on Sunday tweeted, during a recent press briefing before a Stanley Cup final, Gary Bettman was asked how the NHL manages player concussions. He brushed off the question, saying he didn't want to start a new news cycle. No one challenged. It will be very interesting to watch or listen in on his presser here on Monday uh, or tomorrow on Monday. I'm recording this on um, Sunday, obviously, uh, to see what what comes of that. And if uh, I mean, he should be asked about it and hopefully not just allowed to brush it off 
as uh, as nothing. The NHL has said there is no investigation going on at this time. Um, have they looked into it in the past? Will they look into it? Well, hopefully, and hopefully some of these people are held to account or anybody involved, anybody complicit in this cover-up basically uh, is held to account. And that would include uh, general manager Mark Bergevin of the Montreal Canadiens. Now, someone said to me on Twitter, it'd be hard to root for the Canadiens knowing that Bergevin could get his name on the Stanley Cup. His actions, you know, 11 years ago, I don't think to me um, should be held against players per se and hopefully everything comes to light if Bergevin was involved he's held to task and the appropriate uh, sanctions punishments are levied Um, and yeah some of these guys perhaps do need their names removed from the cup or to lose their jobs so on and so forth Uh, as Elliot Friedman said on the 31 thoughts podcast there's still a lot to be revealed here the Blackhawks need to be fully open about things here and uh, still a lot of speculation out there but we do know that uh, some players coaches have corroborated the stories being shared by the uh, victims and uh, we need to believe victims of uh, sexual assault Anyways, that's pretty much it for uh, this locker room. Nobody uh, jumped on, but I understand it's Sunday afternoon. Um, And yeah, that pretty much does it for uh, this episode of Locked On Boston Bruins as well. My reasons for rooting for the Canadians, from Frederick, what that means for expansion, and then the latest on the Blackhawks situation, which uh, I think it's important to cover here on a Boston Bruins podcast because it affects hockey in general uh it has ramifications for hockey culture and it should be the biggest story uh in hockey at the very least right now and a big story in sports in general uh so yeah that's it hope you all have a great day uh thanks if anybody did listen in uh to the live recording here didn't see any hands raised but uh we'll jump to this again sometime soon And uh, maybe you all can ask me some questions for the next mailbag on here instead of on Twitter. All right, later.